Welcome back, everybody. It is your boy, Ben Miller, here with your West Side Lions podcast. We are back again. We got some stuff to talk about. We're going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to keep you on your toes. And let's get into it. With me, as always, I've got my boy Jake here. Jake, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Ben? I'm doing all right, man. It's uh, it's Thursday when we're recording this, so it's Friday Eve, and that's really just getting me through this yep. week right now. Is we're almost to the weekend, mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, we are without our other co-host today. Austin Rudland is not here with us today, um, so we're just gonna kind of man this thing by ourselves and see how we do. Uh, so the game that we just finished, uh, we're gonna talk about. It was not a good game. Once again, I have to start this podcast off by saying the fi- the last game that the Detroit Lions played was not a good game. The Detroit Lions faced a Vikings team that was very, very bad, and they got walloped. They just got humiliated in this game. Um, it was just sad to see. Um Let's kind of go into what our takeaways are from this game before we dive deep into what happened. Um, And let's just start right off with it. Jake, what was your takeaway from this game? Like you said, there is absolutely no positives in this game. The Lions sucked against a mediocre team. You know, the Vikings um, this season I don't think of as a good team. I I think they have a good roster, but they're not matching the record with the plane, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they've lost a few close games, but we should not be destroyed by this Vikings team. Um and what I learned from this game is we can only beat bad teams and against bad teams we play phenomenally. Like we we can cover the ball, we can run the ball, we can pass the ball, but against mediocre or good teams, I don't see that. And we do have to include the fact that Dalvin Cook is an absolute monster and is heading to a, towards a possible MVP season. But still, we cannot let him get 200 rushing yards against us. Right. That That's insane. That's that's just disappointing. I, 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 I couldn't watch it. I, I, can't, I can't watch the Lions when they do that. Yeah. I will, but... <laughs> so, like you said, um, last week... My takeaway was I finally figured out who this Lions team is. They're a team who can pull it out and look decent against bad teams. And when they face a team who is good to great, they just buckle underneath it. They look awful. And this just truly cemented my my thought. This is exactly what I thought they were. And this just proves... Everything that I thought to be correct. Uh, like you said, Dalvin Cook is good, but the Lions' defense had been hanging their hat on, hey, we're stopping the run. We're st- they were, we've talked about it in past podcasts. You know, they were within like a three-game span, ranked seventh in run defense. Um, where did that go? We just let Dalvin Cook, who is a good running back, but we just let him get over 200 rushing yards on us. 200 yeah but 200 you have to include the fact that compared to all the other teams what i i think 
I I'd probably have to think about this, but the best running back we played, other than Dalvin Cook, was Aaron Jones. Absolutely murdered the Lions defense. Mm-hmm. And after that, what is it? Probably James Robinson or Todd Gurley. Okay, but they did nothing. But work. James Robinson and Todd Gurley are both like good. So there's obviously different tiers of running backs. You've got Aaron Jones but they and are Dalvin not Cook. Nowhere correct. I, Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook are on a top tier level, but James Robinson mm-hmm. and Todd Gurley are maybe one tier down. I don't see them as two tiers down. They're about one tier down from them. And they are very good running backs. And the fact that we were able to stop them gave me some hope that we wouldn't let him have a monstrous day. Maybe we could keep him under 100 rushing yards. I was assuming he'd probably get 100 rushing yards. But he got 200. Not only did we not do what we wanted to do against this team, we did the opposite. We just let them do it. We just let them run the ball straight up our gut. And that's what happens. But, you get demolished. But the thing is, the what's keeping the good teams, if you're watching, if anyone from home is watching any of the good teams this year in the NFL, what's keeping them at a good record is being able to stop those good running backs. Mm-hmm. The the a tier above Todd yeah. Gurley. And the thing is, the Lions can only get, like, stop Todd Gurley below. They can't. I, I don't see us stopping anyone. Like this defense on Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, this defense is like not equipped to handle a good offense, a good to great offense. Yep. So when you start getting players like a Dalvin Cook, who are like elite, a Christian McCaffrey, we have coming up in a couple of weeks. Those oh are going to be the teams that demolish us because this defense can't mm-hmm. handle it. They can handle offenses that struggle. Because they do the bend, don't break mentality, but they break every time to good teams. Because the good teams Mm -hmm. take advantage of the opportunities that you're giving them. The teams that are bad have offenses that mess up. That's why they're a bad team. So the defense looks like, hey, we're actually doing well. They're not. The defense is just not equipped. But we'll get into the defense a little bit later when we talk about the negatives for this team. Because... This is definitely a negative for this team. Um, exactly. So you said at the beginning of your takeaway, there was no positives about this game, and I have to add a caveat to that. There was one positive to this game, and that was we had two blocked punts. And then one from... A and then earlier. one, I mean, and then one last week, teams? too. Yeah, special teams, except for one player... Has been playing extremely well. Yep. I think that's tremendous. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the podcast about special Mm -hmm. teams and why are they doing well. And I will get into that a little bit later uh, in our second half of the podcast. But there is a reason I believe that the special teams is doing so well. Um And so we'll talk about that later, but let's quickly move into the negatives. So there was, like we said, a lot of negatives in this game. Basically, everything else in this game was a negative. Um, So now, Jake, this is not not the first game, not even the second game. I think this is like the third or fourth game now, where multiple occasions in the game, we have had, excuse me, we have had 10 men on the field on defense. Unacceptable. 
one time was during a, um, I think it was like a two point conversion. Another time was another, uh, like just stupid time that it didn't matter. But this time we had 10 men on the field and Dalvin Cook went off for a 70 yard run right up the middle, straight through our gut. And that's just unacceptable. So who does that fall on? Yep. Who is who is to blame for having multiple times where we've had 10 men out on the field? You know, um, there's a lot of people to blame for this. You just can't blame one person for this. Um, you got to blame the defense for miscommunicating. Because, I mean, you got to know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you, you got to blame the defensive coordinator and maybe partially Matt Patricia as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's unacceptable. That's that's asking for the, the offense to get a big play on you. Yeah. Uh, that's asking for that to happen. And to go forward, if if I see that happen again, I, it, I, I don't know what would happen. You know, I mean, this uh, these offenses are asking mm-hmm. to get an easy win because of this. This is just unacceptable. It's, it's poor coaching. Right, so this is the equivalent to... Let's say that you have a job and you go into your job one day and they say, hey, you know, I need you to pull up this report for me. And you say, oh, I actually didn't do that report. And they say, oh, okay, well, you, you know, that was a mistake. Make sure next time you have your, next time we do this meeting, you pull your report. And they say, okay. Later on that day, you go into the same meeting and they say, do you have that report now? And they say, oh, no, I don't have that report. And then you say, "Um, okay, you need to have the report. I just told you this. Let's get the report. And then a week later, you now have to have the same meeting with your boss. And they say, can I have your report now? And he says, oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't have that report. If that happens in real life, you know what happens, Jake? You get fired. You get fired. You get fired. <laughs> How does this keep happening? I just don't understand. I, I it's, think it's so that, aggravating. I would think after you know the first or second time they would understand, but what? I don't even know what time this is now. It, yeah, it, I think I, it's I, the I third or fourth, and it's 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 ridiculous. Unacceptable. Let's move on to our next negative. Once again, we have no pass rush. Um, Everson Griffin was in this game. Here's, here's what really bothers me about Everson Griffin. He came out onto the field for this game. He was hyped up. He was in the middle of the field, barking at his old Viking sideline. He made a big deal during the week because his old coach said he was a good player and that aggravated him that they said he was a good player. So he's going to show him a few things this game. That's all well and fine. If you're going to come out and fuel Mm -hmm. your performance and get like, you know, three or four sacks on him, show that. But he got nothing, zero pressures, zero QB hits, zero. I mean, (laughs) it was embarrassing. (laughs) It was, yeah. it's just embarrassing. You can't talk trash unless you're going to do it. Right. It's like, it's like a bad wide receiver saying that he's going to get a hundred yards a game and doesn't. It, it's just like, if you know how good you are, then prove it. Right. But he didn't prove it. 
I mean, sure, it's his first game starting, but still, like, just yeah. just dial down on the trash talk. I, it, yeah. it was kind of weird to see that come from him and then back mm-hmm. it up with nothing. <laughs> it was just kind of funny well, to watch. Everson Griffin has always been, you know, the guy to always talk first, mm-hmm. and that's what I like about him. But he's got to back it up. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got to back it up, especially if he's gonna get mad his at his old coach for saying he's a good player. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man! Like, come on. Um, here, let's move on to the next negative. Um, something that really, really bothered me. Um, the Vikings had like no corners. They were on their like fourth or fifth string corners. And we only mm-hmm. threw the ball past 15 yards one time. Do you remember when that play was, Jake? That very one t- the only time that we threw the ball past 15 yards? No. It was the very first play of the game. Matthew Stafford uh. heaved it deep <laughs> for Marvin Hall. Marvin Hall had like two or three steps on the guy, but he was just overthrew him. And so apparently that means we're just not going to throw it deep anymore on all of their zero corners that they had. That was, I I don't understand the offensive play calling that's going on. You have Matthew Stafford, who's a slinger. So let him sling the ball. Mm -hmm. We have deep threat Marvin Hall. We've got Jones. We've got Galladay. Put it up to them. Like, don't. Keep doing Amendola for five yards right in front of you, and then he drops one, and now we're in third and ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is exactly what their game plan has been every game so far. They try to run it right up the middle with Adrian Peterson. He doesn't get anywhere. Second and, well, I'll give him a yard. Second and nine. Okay, now we're going to go ahead and do a pass to Amendola over the middle. Let's say he drops it. Okay, now we're at third and nine. Now we got to do some kind of trickeration, some... Carryon Johnson comes onto the field. It's a screen pass over to Carryon. He dro- he dro- he just drops the ball, and now we're at punting. It's just <laughs> it's just ridiculous that they cannot do something different than their easy little dump passes and Adrian Peterson right up the middle. You have the weapons to really make a special offense. Why are you not using it? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And so another negative that goes along with it is Stafford was not playing well this game. Um, He he looked like he had missed an entire week of practice with the team, which he did because he was on the COVID IR list. But they were streaming him in. He was watching the live practice every day. So, I mean, yes, he was not in the practice, but at the same time he was he was there virtually. It, he just did not look great. And I yeah. I really don't want to say it, but I I think Stafford might be past his prime. And I think that that he... Well, actually, you know, I'm going to save that because we're going to talk about that probably in a week or two mm-hmm. when we start breaking down into <laughs> each um, different position group on this team so i'm gonna save that listen in in like a week or two and we are gonna talk about different position groups um since our season is over we're gonna just move on to off season and so on so 
listen up in like two weeks and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Stafford. Uh, so let's move on to our next negatives. Um, like I said before, the run defense just disappeared. Just disappeared. Dalvin Cook, over 200 rushing yards. I mean, it's just awful. It's awful. And then Kirk Cousins, along with that, was lighting up our defense. The man who had almost the same amount of picks that he had thrown touchdowns. He was just lighting up our defense. Finding the holes. Just and I mean, it was just, it was awful. Our defense in hole is awful. And the real big issue with this is we are we have this supposed defensive genius as our head coach. Our defense has gotten worse. Gotten worse almost every year. Our defense has looked worse and worse. And if the players are changing and the result is not, then maybe it's not the players that are the issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe we take a look at the head coach. <laughs> I think maybe that's where we find our issue. I, I think that one of the issues is like they're not understanding what's to, what to do. Mm-hmm. They're not quite getting it. The players. Yeah, I don't think they. You know, I've heard. You know, I've heard Glover Quinn talk about. It. I've heard Darius Slay talk about it. Many people, you know, the defensive backfield have said it mm-hmm. that. The team just doesn't understand what Patricia is trying to get at them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true as well because remember after their loss to, I think it was the Saints. They lost to the Saints and then they had the bye week and they focused on the bye week of simplifying things. They wanted to simplify things, make sure, you know, people are playing quicker um, and they came out from the bye week, and the defense looked completely different. They looked fast. They looked like they were getting sacks. I mean, it, it was a complete different defense. I think maybe yep. that is a big issue with it, is that they are, Matt Patricia is trying to get too geniusy with it, and yep. he needs to just kind of settle down and play the basics, you know, mm-hmm. before you try to get crazy difficult with it just do the basics and the thing with Jim Caldwell was you know this wasn't like an elite defense but it was like uh ranked 10th I think Mm -hmm. one year you know that's good considering an NFL defense you know they understood what was going on mm -hmm. they knew what to do Mm -hmm. we had some better players on the defense but still yeah they knew what to do yeah I agree that it's a big part of it is and we all we all hear it all the time. Defense will get you to the championships, you know. Um, and this coach just has not done well with the defense. That's what he was supposed yep. to come in and do, and he didn't do it. So the de- defensive mastermind needs to prove yeah. that he's a mastermind. That it. Defense. I think at this point, most all of Lions fans are on the boat at this point. Of mm-hmm. Patricia's got to go. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so, like we talked about, usually we kind of go into the next game that we've got coming up. And we'll talk about in depth what's going on there. But the season's over. Most Lions fans don't really care about the game that we've got coming up anymore. So we're going to briefly talk about it. We're just going to put three key things for whatever our next game is. This week we've got Washington football team. Not a good team, but... They have a good defense. Um, 
So our three key Correction. things. What did you say, Jake? Good defensive line. Exactly. Yep, they have a good defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. So our three key things for this game is, number one, the pass rush from the Washington football team is going to be fierce. And so far, when the Lions have faced amazing pass rush, they have crumbled. Everyone except for, I might add, Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker has not allowed a sack yet this season. He is the second longest streak of not allowing a sack in the NFL right now. He's a good veteran offensive lineman. Yep. He's been here for a long time now, and I, I'm glad we extended He him. was a very good extension, especially now the way he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, yep. I wasn't so sure because he was kind of up and down, but I'm very happy mm-hmm. now with the production that he's putting out as well. He is a top tackle, um, and I'm very happy he's with the team long term now, so that's good. Um, so our second thing for the Lions versus the Washington football team is that the Washington's offense is not good, but the Lions' defense just might be worse than the Washington's offense. I disagree there. I I disagree there because um, Washington can't seem to figure out who their quarterback is. You know, uh, they benched Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen has gotten hurt twice now. Then Alex Smith is put in. This... And then Alex Smith is put out for Kyle Allen again. You know, it's you know, it's all over. But the here's place. the thing: how fitting is this that Alex Smith is going to be their starting quarterback, and the everyone wants to see him have just like an amazing game, just because of his story. Yeah. What better team to have that on than the Lions, where they're making everybody look <laughs> so good? Like you just can't in your right mind see this and think okay that's not going to happen because yeah because i mean it's just too perfect of a storm that's going to happen mm-hmm. he's going to look amazing then people are going to say is is he back is he really back no he's not he faced the detroit lions the defense yeah. is not good makes every quarterback look good it's been that way for many yeah. years now um but if I had to say, if there's like two players on the offense for Washington that that actually scared me, it'd probably be like Terry McLaurin, obviously, mm-hmm. and then you know Antonio Gibson. Yep. You know, those are the two players on their offense. I'm like, wow, we got a game plan for that. But everyone else, no, they have Logan Thomas, who used to be a Detroit Lion mm-hmm. as starting tight end. Mm-hmm. He's a third string tight end with talent. Right. It's true. And their offense isn't awful, but you know. Washington is not a good team at all, and yeah, I, I like to say that Lions' defense is better than the Washington offense because at least the Lions' defense can do something every once in a while. That's true. Um, and then the third point with this matchup is the lot the Lions' roster is really banged up right now. The injury report mm-hmm. is like five pages long of Detroit Lions who are injured um, with. Kenny Galladay and everybody else who's out right now. I mean, it's going to be a rough one again if all of the injuries that are on there stay. Um, it's not looking good. I'm not going to go into the injury report because I'm going to be honest. You don't care. We don't care. Um, we're we've we've already got our mindset on off season and the draft, so uh, we don't care. But we're going to still update you guys every week. Um, so that's our three takeaways. Just real quick, I want to get just a. A win loss projection, Jake. Jake, uh, win or loss for the Lions? Uh, 
Okay. I, I want to say win because it's Washington, but I'm going to say a win, but I think it's going to be a close closer game than everyone thinks. Okay. I'm going to say Washington just because I remember how the Lions looked with that pass rush from the Colts, and their the Colts' pass rush is not even close to as good as the Washington pass rush is. So um, mm-hmm. that's going to be a rough one for this Lions team. They crumbled under that pass rush, and I think they're going to crumble again. So, I think pass rush is this team's weakness, both on their defense and on their offense. So, that's where we're standing with that. Um, We're going to get into a new topic now. We're going to get into something we're going to add in, and it's called... It's a fireside chat time. So, we're going to start up the music here. And let's get into it. So, this week, we're going to talk about coaching staff. And this is going to be our first topic of discussion. So I'm going to ask a question to you. Usually it'll be Austin and Jake, but this week it's just Jake. So I'm going to ask a question, and then we're going to discuss it. So our first question. um, I think we all agree Matt Patricia is no longer going to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions in 2021. Yep, agreed. So my first question is this. When... Will the firing happen? Does it make sense to wait till the end of the year? No, it does not make sense to wait till the end of the year because um, when you're a team, if I was a um, if I was a general manager and I had a team, I would like to game plan for the future, and so that doesn't mean waiting to the last second to fire Patricia. I think. That needs to happen sooner than later. So, okay, it does make sense to me to fire him before the season's over. Teams have done it, and it's they've been successful because of it. Just look at the Browns. So let after me Hugh let me put fired. this into a perspective of a rebuild because let's all be a hundred percent honest. If with this going down, it's going to be a rebuild, um, full from the ground up. It's going to be a rebuild. So let's think of this as a rebuild. Let's say that we fire Matt Patricia and we hire Blank as head coach. They start playing well. We start winning games. Now we're sitting at the end of our season, 6-10, and ten, when maybe if we keep Patricia, we go 3-13. and 13. Now we have a worse draft pick because the head coach wanted to come in and prove himself so we have a worse draft pick, so we can't build up our roster as well. And most likely that head coach is not going to stay for next year anyway. That, that That's a good point. So, and, and let me add in this real quick. Um, <clears throat> I believe that anybody with a brain would believe that if Sheila Ford was going to fire Matt Patricia during the year, it would have already happened. Yeah. So... I think it would have happened. The fact that it has not happened makes me believe that Matt Patricia will be the head coach until the end of the season. Mm -hmm. But, let's talk about the next question with this. If Matt Patricia is fired before the end of the season... When do you believe it might happen? Um, 
in my opinion, if it did happen, it wouldn't happen if we lose to Washington this week because you cannot lose to Washington. That's just that that's bad. Mm-hmm. If the Giants can beat Washington, then the Lions can. And if we can't, I don't see him keeping a job. But if not that, I would say um, this offseason. Okay. So here's what my vision is with this. So the biggest moneymaker for the Lions, the biggest name that they have as a Lions organization is Thanksgiving game. This year, we play the Texans on Thanksgiving. If the Lions on national broadcast TV main event lose a game to the Houston Texans on Thanksgiving, I think if there's going to be any time where they get rid of Matt Patricia during the season, it would be then. I don't see any other way that he is gone before the end of the season unless that happens. That's the only way I see it at this point. I can see that happening. So let's talk about if Matt Patricia was fired before the end of the season, who is it that you would want to replace him as interim head coach? Well, considering how well our special teams have done recently, I would say um, our special teams coordinator, Braden Combs. Yeah, I agree with you here. I am 100% behind Braden Combs. Um, He's very young to be a head coach, but Mm -hmm. here's why I really want him as our head coach, whether it's interim this year or next year. Um, So I talked about how the special teams unit has gotten very very good and do you know why that is that is because he has developed average mediocre players and gotten the best out of them and you know what a good head coach does he gets the best out of their players that's what bill belichick has done for years and years as he's gotten all of these guys that you know nobody likes nobody will take and he gets the very best out of them. And that is what I really like in Braden Coombs. I mean, Miles Killebrew, who each year we've talked about, well, he's on the bubble for being off this team. Miles Killebrew is one of the top Detroit Lions right now just because of his special teams. Because he has gotten the most out of him. And that is what I want to see in a head coach. So I'm 100% behind you. If Matt Patricia were gone before the end of the season, I would want Braden Coombs in there. I would want him to get the head coaching job next year, even when Matt Patricia is gone. I really like this guy, and I think he's going to be a great head coach someday. So if Matt Patricia, I should say, when Matt Patricia goes, who all goes with him? I see, um, along with Matt Patricia leaving, uh, Bob Quinn leaving, and then Bevel as well. Because what I what I what I see happening is a complete restructure of the staff after the end of the season. Um, I see Patricia leaving, and I see Bob Quinn leaving because um, I I don't think um, Bob Quinn adding New England Patriot players every year has really, like, um, 
it's really helped us. Mm -hmm. um, I think we need he needs to go outside his com comfort zone and draft someone different. Uh, no, uh, sign someone different. And, the, and you know, um, Bevel's coaching on the offense this year has felt very lazy. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't seem like he's trying. Like last year, before Matthew Stafford's injury. This offense was looking like a top five offense, you know. It had a lot of themes coming, like looking forward to for the next season. And then this season, it's just lazy, and um, it's the same theme over and over. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's gonna fly with um, the with making the staff next season. I agree. I think for one, Patricia and Quinn are tied at the hip. If one of them goes, the other one has to go. So I believe Matt Patricia is gone. I believe Bob Quinn is gone. I hope Daryl Bevel is gone. Um, like you said, his offensive play calling has just been mediocre at best. And then I want to see, I know he just got hired this last year, I want to see Corey Undlin gone. Like we talked about, you cannot have mistakes like that on your defense multiple times and get away with it. Um, while he's not doing his scheme on defense, he's not getting the best out of his players. So I think we're going to go into full rebuild mode, and I think that that's really what we need to do, a full rebuild. The only person that we keep, like I talked about, was Coombs. And I want to see him as head coach. But that's what I kind of believe in. And and kind of with that question, um, if this is a full rebuild, and it is said from the get-go this is going to be a full gut it, replace it, rebuild. Build it from the ground up. How many years do you give a new head coach to turn things around? Because in any kind of um, you know, turn around like this, it's not going to look pretty for a while. It's going to be pretty bad for a few years. So how many years do you give them to get the team looking like it should? I will give them two seasons with a losing record um, to get two good draft. No, actually, considering this season, um, that would be three early draft picks, um, some free agent signings, and and a, a complete restructure of the staff. I think that would help build them to get, you know, a 10-win season, 11 mm -hmm. onwards, like, in the future. So you're giving them and you're giving them from the time that they're in the building, you give them three years. Yep. Three years. Okay. See, I'm trying to, like, we gave Patricia three years, and his job was just to make a good team better. Yep. It wasn't to rebuild, and rebuilds take longer than what should have happened. So um, I'm not sure whether or not the um, Fords will think that a rebuild needs to happen, but I hope they do, because that's what this team needs. It's going to be rough for a while, Lions fans, but don't worry. It'll all get better. And that is going to end our fireside chat. So let's move into our final part of this. We're going to talk about the something we think we know for this next game, underdog predictions, and we're going to quick do a point breakdown. So the one thing that you think you know for this week, Jake, start us off. 
I think Chase Young will get a sack. And I am going to go ahead and just veto that because saying what? Chase Young will get one sack is like saying that my cat is going to meow today. <laughs> like, that's just, think about that's it, like then. saying that you can, like, you're going to breathe. Like, yeah, yeah, he's going to get a sack. That's obvious. So I will put mine out there first, and I'm going to say that the Lions are going to get sacked at least three times. Because Chase Young will get one. <laughs> you got another one, Jake? Um, I think I know the Lions are going to win. Oh, okay. Okay. So you think Lions are going to win. I say Lions are going to get sacked at least three times. Austin does not have a something that he thinks he knows for this week, so he is disqualified for this week. Our underdog predictions, I want to start us off here. I have the Vikings over the Bears. The Bears have a good defense. The Vikings have a good Dalvin Cook, but I think the Vikings <laughs> are starting to get a little hotter. And the Bears are starting to cool off more. So I've got the Vikings over the Bears this week. Who do you have, Jake? I have the Texans to beat the Browns. That should be an interesting one to watch, definitely. I uh, I think that'll definitely be a, a fun one. Um, yeah. And then, so let's move into our points real quick. Uh, Jake has actually just pulled ahead of our points this week. He, uh, he got the Dolphins beat the Cardinals. I was I was taking it I was get I was just going on a long shot on that one, but you, you know Tua Yeah that was whew. that was crazy. Um yeah Tua. We're gonna talk about Tua. We're gonna talk about Tua and Herbert. Uh maybe and Burrow. Maybe ne and Burrow. Maybe next week we'll talk about them a little bit and mm -hmm. and what baby could have been. But we'll talk about that next week. This week is over. Thanks for listening. If you're still here, applaud to you. Um, we love you. Have a great night. Sleep tight.